And welcome to the next uh, APS podcast. Uh, delighted that this week we have Graham Smith, uh, who we've been lucky enough to be colleagues for the last uh, oh, almost four years now. Um, so uh, thank you, Graham, for agreeing to kind of do this kind of in-house kind of discussion. Um, we've had a lot of external people on our podcast before, um, but we wanted to talk about some of the things that you've been uncovering as head of customer success that you've been seeing because you, you know, you're spending time with 40, yeah. 50 corporate clients of ours and corporate members every week. And therefore, you're in a really unique scenario that you can kind of aggregate some of the findings that you're seeing coming on. Um, but before we kind of delve into that, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks, Andy. It's good to join you on the session today. Um, so I suppose I've had a sales hat on for about 20 years or so. Most of that time in account management with my account manager hat on. Um, spent about 10 years with Pearson, the education company, uh, textbook sales at that time. Used to be a, a retail wine manager with Majestic Wine, uh, going back 15 years or so. So I realized this year, um, I've been probably 20 years or so in B2B sales of some sort. So that's my background. It's always interesting to have time with our members and, and hear what they're up to and um, you know, gain insight and share that best practice now. That's the part of the job I'm really enjoying. And of course, there's been lots happening over the last couple of months to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's, been, it's great to host you here. And, uh, you know, obviously in preparation for this, uh, this is important. Our listeners do understand we do do a little bit of preparation. Um, <laughs> that you, you had some really interesting things. Listen, and I won't steal your thunder. Um, so, you know, can you give me an idea of, of, of what you've seen across all of our corporates? You know, what's been the kind of things that you've seen of how people have adapted to lockdown? Yeah, so obviously we don't need to talk about what, what's happened. Everyone's clear what's happened since the start of the year on, in the international picture. But of course, that's, that's led to all sorts of disruptions, some positive uh, and some that people are still adapting to and trying to get their heads around as well. So I saw a great thing on LinkedIn in sort of March time where, where someone was posing the question, what's been the best thing for your digital trans transformation strategy in your company? Has it been your CEO's $100,000 marketing campaign or has it been COVID-19? Um, and I think it really sums things up at that point. So, you know, everyone has had to accelerate and change rapidly. So the interesting thing is, I think, that some of the changes we're now seeing, so virtual selling, everyone getting grips to having customer contact in a different way yep. um, is that that's merely just accelerating a trend that was there already. I think that's been happening for several years, but for some people, you know, we've had companies that we work with that have had a very strict no working from home policy ever since the creation of that company. So I'm thinking of a manufacturer that we work with for that's been going 50, 60 years or so. And suddenly overnight, all their people have had to work from home, which has been completely new to them. Uh, we know another large organization that was struggling to buy a thousand laptops almost overnight again to support their people working from home. So, you know, everyone's found themselves in a position where they might feel like um, they're perhaps not, uh, not just working from home, but um, Andy Bounds, who's a great sales trainer, um, gave me this phrase the other day I read in one of his articles, we're actually living from work. 
which is, is, is not necessarily a welcome thing. You know, when I walk down my stairs in the morning, am, am I walking into an office or can I remember this is the house where I live as well? So, you know, that, that has inevitably put some mental health issues out there and some strain on people. Whether, you know, we know members and, and lots of salespeople might have young children, for example, then, then at the other end of the scale, there could be people uh, living on their own in, in a flat and perhaps feeling isolated. So all sorts of changes out there. Managers have had to work out, you know, how do I, how do I coach my people? Uh, and I suppose the most basic thing, you know, people need to be human and understand that this is not selling as normal. Uh, and so we've kind of gone through that phase, I think. We're now into a phase where people are more used to doing that, but they also want to look at, well, how can I actually, you know, stay as close to my customers as possible? How, how do they want to be sold to at this time? You know, a month or two ago, probably there was a feeling, and I think some companies probably made a bit of a mistake with this in hindsight, where they were thinking, okay, there's a lot of change. Let's just let our customers get on with it for a while. and We'll come back to them when we feel they want to be sold to in, in a month or two. Probably a mistake, really. Um, and, you know, people are now looking at, you know, how do people want to be sold to? What's the best way of doing that? What, what type of technology should we be using? Do I need to have new techniques to be able to, um, you know, do the work that needs to be done? That's, that's a really good point. So you mentioned technology and you mentioned techniques, which I, I think is probably your underlying uh, kind of summary. So, but, but what new techniques are you, are you seeing salespeople use? So if, if, you're, um, if you're used to doing pitches or maybe account reviews in a face-to-face -face environment, maybe, maybe you've got six people around the boardroom table, um, first thing is you don't have that horror of trying to collect, connect your own laptops to someone else's technology. So I'm quite pleased that I'm not about to do that <laughs> over the last couple of months, which is, which is always a nightmare scenario. But then, of course, you've got, you know, in a video call now, um, the first point is, you know, is your customer going to turn the camera on or off? Uh, what are the new cultural norms of that? Normally, I'd keep my camera on, but I'd also be looking to mirror customer behavior. Um, how do you know what people are doing or saying on that call? So in our old face-to-face -face world, six people around the boardroom table, you can kind of see who's looking out the window. Maybe they're on emails on their phone as you're speaking and something, you know, you need to grab those people's attention. But how, how do you do that on a video call with six people? So the, the interesting thing has been some of the sessions we put on are, are trying to address that. You know, something as basic as if you've got a busy slide on screen, you're trying to talk through and give some insight to a customer or talk to them about your product or service, perhaps, you know, how can you guide people's eyes around a bit of screen you want them to look at? Um, you know, all sorts of interesting things like that have come up, but it's fair to say that the old, old stuff that's always been important, you know, setting an agenda, um, conscious of people's time, involving the different stakeholders in the meeting. That, that stuff is still as important as ever, but of course you've got to learn to do that in a visual, uh, in, in a virtual environment now as well. So, um, you know, I think it's fair to say some of the SDRs, inside salespeople, probably the tech industry that's been used to doing this uh, for a couple of years or, or 10 years or so now, uh, are, are much better at that. Um, if you're used to, um, selling in a face-to-face -face way and you've, you've never really done video calls then um, you know it's a steep learning curve uh, and you've got to mirror what your customer wants to do as well 
So I think you know, this, is, this is a good point. So, you know, effectively, there is technology and now we're using it whether we like it or not. You know, obviously, uh, the, the thing that's happened has, has impacted people's lives. Uh, and that's a, a very serious point. But I think, you know, coming back to, you know, your point around digital transformation, actually a global pandemic, you know, accelerated that to beyond, you know, what factor, you know, taking you know, the, the Star Trek analogy. And I actually think, actually, from just replaying some of the things you were talking about, um, actually, it, it, you know, there's a good and a bad. So I don't know whether someone's on Messenger or on a text when actually I'm, I'm here face-to-face talking to somebody on a video, but I do get a sense that they are now slightly more engaged because yeah. you have to work hard to look at the green light on your video and engage in that particular way, and there's a certain skill. Um, so you know, and actually, yeah, they're not round the boardroom table, but you know, actually, I might get a bit more authenticity because I might get a child pop on or a dog pop onto the camera, which again just makes it a little less combative, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think I think that's actually something really positive. You know, this idea of authenticity in sales, which has been growing for a long time, but maybe a, a year or two ago, if someone's small child had run around in the background, some, some people would sort of raise their eyebrow and think, oh, that's a bit unprofessional. But these days, you know, that's something really positive that's changed. People are more, much more relaxed about that kind of thing, I think, so, which is really good. Yeah. And I think, interestingly, you know, obviously we've seen from, you know, people like Nikki Tate running sessions for us that, that productivity actually has gone up using technology. Um, you know, we've seen people be able to do lots more shorter, snappier conversations and actually be able to continue that cadence because of digitally people have got more time. But actually also from some of the fellowship conversations we've been having, we're now actually seeing actually burn out, you know, people being on 13-hour Zoom call days. Yeah, what what are you seeing that members are reporting in terms of the new ways that you know you give a pitch or you 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 run an account review or you run a meeting on technology? What are they saying to you? So I think the the, the preparation piece, um, you know, still is obviously important as it was in the old world, if you like. But now you've got to do that in different ways. So if if you know PowerPoint is not your strong point or or you're used to using busy slides or the marketing support you're being given um, to do a pitch is not you know um, relevant or or useful um, in in selling in a virtual way Uh, what's the word I'm looking for is sort of um, fit for purpose that's what I'm trying to say then you would you would have to um, yeah yeah think carefully about how you're, you're doing stuff so you know, putting up too much on a slide, for example, trying to do too much on a call, um, not being conscious of people's time. Um, the one great advantage, I think, is if you are doing that is, um, you know, just as we're speaking here, I could have notes in front of me. I could have other things um, around me that are going to support um, that. The, the other interesting thing that's come up, um, which was probably good practice if you're doing a face-to-face meeting, which would be around, you know, having two people in the meeting one taking notes as the other one is speaking. You can do that in a virtual way as well. So um, you mentioned Nikki Tate there. She ran a great session for us talking about how, how do you helm a meeting? How do you sort of manage that? Uh, making sure you've got the right people on the call to get as much out of that as possible. Because, you know, just like uh, in the face-to-face world, if we're doing it online, it's no different. If I'm pitching to you, talking to you, I can't really be making notes at the same time and doing multiple 
things. So some of that stuff hasn't changed. We're just having to do it in, in um, a different way. Um, you know, technology allows us in some cases to have a whiteboard on screen so we can still do some uh, work with customers. Um, you know, brainstorming is not as easy, I'd suggest, in the virtual environment. I think people have reported that back to us. But there are some, um, you know, positive things as well. And the interesting thing I've started to think about is some of the ethical issues around that. So say, for example, Andy, you and I are having a video call. You're my customer and I'm pitching to you. Would you be happy for me to record that call? Is that the ethical thing to do? Now, if I didn't get your permission, it, it's unethical. But if, if we could record that, could I then use that session, go back to the team? Maybe my manager can use that as a bit of coaching for me. All sorts of interesting things starting to come out now as we all get more familiar with using technology. So I think that's really, I'd like to just kind of play that piece back because um, you know, there's a lot we could uncover and the part of these podcasts is to get people just to uh, exercise in the grey matter. But let's talk about recording calls. So, um, you know, we've, we, we've talked about, you know, having conversations, um, you know, and critical listening. and We've got the you know, material within our MS system around that. And you're right, it's really hard, unless you've got a colleague who's going to come with you, who's yeah. going to take notes, you can't be active in the conversation and actually record what's going on. However, technology, as you're saying, is can I, can I actually record this? Because this will allow me to play a far more active role in our conversation and actually come back and we listen to this to ensure that I actually really understood and captured your needs and actually provide the feedback to you in terms of really distilling where we might go next based on what we're discussing today. And then the interesting point of you just touched on ethics. So in reality, am I actually able now to create a verbal contract of either agreement in a certain stage of the sale or agreement of the sale in its own right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and actually, again, using the technology to be able to say, I'm going to record this because my manager would quite like to actually see how I do. They're not on the call right now, but they'll look at various aspects like summarizing, concluding, investigation, open questions. So actually, when a manager couldn't physically get around lots of meetings because there was internal things, the technology, as you say, as SDRs have been doing it for a long time, mm. actually opens up some quite interesting opportunities. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the other interesting piece, going back to sort of management and recording of calls and, and data collection and that sort of thing. Um, we had a great session just this morning, actually, from Lisa Dillon, Microsoft, talking about what they're doing and some of the technology they're doing. But there are ways now that, you know, let's say I'm a, I'm a normally I would be a field salesperson. Maybe I could do two or three meetings in a day maximum, depending on the sector and what I'm, what I'm selling, of course. Uh, but now I might be able to do, let's say, eight or 10 calls a day. So we can collect a lot of data. I can have more practice as a salesperson. Um, a, a buyer even can potentially talk to more salespeople in, in one day as well. So there's that advantage there. But you know, we can, we can actually collect all sorts of insights as well. Uh, and Lisa from Microsoft was talking about some technology they, they've, they've got and they're using around voice insights. So, you know, can we work out how interested a customer is, whether they're umming and ahhing or, or interrupting the salesperson or vice versa? Is the salesperson talking too much? So some really interesting developments that, um, you know, lots of us won't really have considered before. And of course, there's pluses and minuses around that. I think you're right. I mean, one of the things that I've been debating for quite a while is 
particularly in what we could call digital sales, there's a lot of technology that can speed us up and tell us what type of email to write to what type of person with what type of opening on what time of the day, on what day of the week. Yeah. And, and, you know, does that actually just take us back to the same issue as LinkedIn, which is LinkedIn's a fantastic tool, but all it's done is just speed us up in terms of connection. It hasn't actually fundamentally changed the way in which we're meant to then engage once you've got that connection. Yeah. So, you know, having driven around Buxton trying to find people who I could go and sell finance to, that was a two, three, four-week process of business development, finding a company, doing the due diligence on their accounts, eventually getting through to them. Now you can do it in two minutes on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, you know, great, I can do that in two minutes, but actually I've got to stand out in the crowd. I've got to be able to have something to say. So actually, even though I can find them, now I've got to go back and actually entice them to want to have a conversation. Yeah. And that's in some of the earlier podcasts with Graham and, uh, and uh, Andy. So, you know, I think there's lots of good technologies, but they don't take away from the fact that at some point there's going to have to be an emotionally intelligent human-based, maybe not a face-to-face, but an emotionally intelligent human-based interaction. I think, I think a lot of our um, salespeople and members that we have within the APS are reporting that, you know, if you already know that customer, maybe you've had a couple of face-to-face meetings um you know there's an advantage if it's a brand new customer and you're doing a lot of work with them in a virtual way maybe there's a slight barrier there and that can be worked through but it's a different environment and and if you think about the issue as well of of new salespeople coming in to join a company so um you know we've got someone with the APS just recently so uh, who knows when we'll be able to meet face to face but at the moment we'll do our work virtually but the, the, the slight concern I have, and some of our members are talking to us about this, is you know if you've got a brand new young salesperson joining a, a team, perhaps, um, are they going to miss out on those sort of water cooler moments, the, the idea of learning on the job, the, the leaning over to someone else's desk, can you help me do this on Excel, or, or someone walking in the office, how was your meeting with so-and-so? You know, so all that kind of stuff. I think there's a risk that, that we could lose some of that it's, it's far too early to say probably how that's going to pan out but that's something i think lots of members and, and salespeople are talking about as well that's that's a really good point actually i mean it's, it's just overhearing people yeah oh that's that's quite a good turn of phrase i might use that so to the final question then is um you know has disruption brought us closer to customers and prospects or has it pushed us further away so to, to answer that, I'm always mindful of a great session we had with Phil Jones, who's the CEO of Brother UK a couple of years ago, when he kindly gave us um, a session at the APS. Um, and he talked about, you know, he, he asked the audience a question, do you know the top three challenges of your customers, uh, of your accounts? Uh, and I think that question, um, regardless of technology or not, is still at the, the core of things, I think, really. So um, knowing and doing your research, whether that's face-to-face or, or done in a virtual way, is still really important. Um, at the moment, in terms of, you know, has it brought people together more? I, I would err more to say yes. There, there's an element of um, we're all in this together, I think, which, you know, customers and um, salespeople prospects and sellers coming together I think this this authenticity we're now seeing we I think is a great advantage um, but of course you know we're, we're all having to upskill ourselves pretty quickly as well so if you if you haven't got that growth mindset or um, or that uh, ability to sort of 
think, okay, what do I need to, what do I need to do here? Step back a bit off the hamster wheel. I, I think people are going to struggle a bit, but um, you know, and some organizations have been very effective in supporting their people around mental health issues, around use of technology and working hours, all that sort of stuff as well. So, so far, um, depending on sectors, I think it's been something that's going to lead to some good change with some positive shoots, I'd say. Excellent. Well, thank you for taking us on a, on a little tech and technology and technique rump. Uh, your feedback, you know, is great to be aggregating to share with people. Um, if there's one tip to close out um, that you would say that people should be thinking about right now, what would that be? <laughs> I think, you know, whether you're a manager talking to one of your, your sellers or, or whether you're selling to a prospect or a customer, it, it's this thought that, you know, we are all still human, ultimately. Um, whether, whether we're talking on a video call or face-to-face, -face, the human element, the, the understanding there um, is still always going to be important. So I don't think we should lose sight of that and get too excited about ways we sell and just remind ourselves that you know that's ultimately that that human connection needs to be there as well well thank you and i think you're 100 percent right because it's humanity that builds trust and it's humanity that can't be replicated by technology so well, it's been great to be joined by you this week thank you so much for your time and uh i'll, I'll see you in your virtual office again pretty soon <laughs> fantastic thanks and you really enjoyed it no problem at all bye now